Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, Father, we thank you for this time now that we can come into your presence to hear your word. And Lord, I just ask now that you would do something, what needs to be done with a computer to get it ready. But Father, if it doesn't boot up properly, that's not serious. It's about you. We're here this morning to come to hear from you, to know you, to be in your presence, to hear from you. And Father, I ask that the word that you've given me, I will bring as your word for us today. So thank you, Father. Thank you for this. Just be with us now. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to understand, our minds to know what you are saying to us, Lord. Thank you. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Amen. Amen. So, if the computer comes on, it'll be fine. Last week I began a new preaching series on the parables of Jesus. Um, today I'll continue the series looking at a parable that is only found in the Gospel of Matthew. But first I want to tell you, before I tell you which one it is, I want to remind you of three things. Firstly, that Jesus only spoke in parables to the crowds, never to his disciples. When he was speaking to the disciples, he might have spoken cryptically at times, speaking of things that they would only understand after his crucifixion, his death and resurrection, but never in parables. He only ever spoke in parables to the crowds. Secondly, he only explained his parables to his disciples, never to the crowd. He had that time with them where they came together and they said, what does this parable mean? And he'd explain it to them, but never to the crowd. And thirdly, the parables are all about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, just depending on which um, book of the, of the Gospels we're in. Some of them talk about the kingdom of God and some talk about the kingdom of heaven, but they're all about that. He says the kingdom of heaven is like, or the kingdom of God is like, and he goes into a parable. So it's those three things to remember. Today we're going to look at the parable of the weeds. Um, if you have an old school King James Bible, it talks about the tares, um, but it's weeds in our language that we speak today. We're no longer way back in those times. Okay. As I said, it's only found in Matthew's Gospel. It's in two parts, in chapter 13. The first part is the parable. The second part is the explanation of the parable. So we want to read from Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 13. If you've got a Bible with you, it would be great to open it up because it's not going to be up on the screen. There's a Bible on the table there for you, Jill, if somebody wants to use that one. Somebody needs a Bible, there's a spare Bible there. Or open your, your phone, you should have a Bible app on there and find it there. So Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 30. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he said. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. 
Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Matthew 13, 24 to 30. When we look at this passage of Scripture, it seems obvious as to what Jesus is referring to when he speaks of the farmer, the wheat, and the weeds. The farmer is Jesus. The wheat are the sons and daughters of the living God, those who have been born again into the family of God, and the weeds are those who have rejected the truth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to earth to live, to suffer, to take on our sins and die, and then to rise from the grave, conquering death and enabling mankind to be transformed from sinners into saints. We know who the enemy is and what his tactics are. The devil loves to use deception as a tool to draw people away from God and the freedom that he offers us. Let's read the explanation that Jesus gave to his disciples. Verse 36 of Matthew 13. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burnt in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out His angels, and they will weed out of His kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. It's Matthew 13, 36-43. Why did farmer God not want the workers to remove the weeds when they first saw them coming up? Why didn't God want the workers to go and remove the weeds? I believe that there are two reasons. The first being the weeds are deceptive, because they can be easily confused for wheat. It's hard to tell the difference. In fact, most scholars believe that Jesus was describing a specific type of weed known as bearded darnel. Darnel typically flourishes in the same fields as wheat, and the similarity between these two plants is so great that in some regions, darnel is referred to as false wheat. The wheat and the weed are almost indistinguishable right up until the harvest time. Now, I found this interesting article on Gastro Obscura from 2016 about darnel that I want to read to you. And as I read it, listen for the similarities between it and what we know of the devil. It's entitled, Wheat's Evil Twin Has Been Intoxicating Humans for Centuries. Darnel is poisonous, but in small enough doses can give food a special kick. For many centuries, perhaps for as long as humans have cultivated cereal grains, wheat's evil twin has insinuated itself into our crops. In a big enough dose, this grass, darnel, can kill a person. And farmers would have to take care to separate it out of their true harvest, unless they were, they were planning to add darnel to beer or bread on purpose in order 
to get high. Donald occupies a gray area in human agricultural history. It's definitely not good for us. When people eat its seed, they get dizzy, off balance, and nauseous. And its official name, Lolium tumulentum, comes from a Latin word for drunk. Darnel is a mimic weed, neither entirely tame or quite wild, that looks and behaves so much like wheat that it can't live without human assistance. Darnel seeds are stowaways. The plant's survival strategy requires its seed to be harvested along with those of domesticated grasses, stored and replanted next season. Oats and rye began their relationship with humanity in a similar way, but for whatever reason, they were developed into a full-on food crop while Darnell stayed in the shadows. The interesting thing about Darnell is that we've caught it in the act, says Howard Thomas, a professor of biology who for years worked with Darnell in the lab. The mimic weed took advantage of humans without fully bending to our will. Thomas and two humanities-focused colleagues have been investigating Darnell's double life as a menace and a sought-after intoxicant. They found that Darnell shows up time and again in key literary texts as a symbol of subversion. Where there is Darnell, there is treachery and toxicity, they write in the Journal of Ethnobiology. Once you start looking for Darnell, it's everywhere. Ovid, he was a, a Roman poet, called it eye blightening. One of the plant's effects is messing with a person's vision and speech. In the Bible, it appears in the parable of the weeds, where an enemy sneaks into the farmer's field and sows weeds, Darnell among the good wheat. Darnell shows up in Shakespeare, in Henry VI, part one, in Henry V, and in King Lear, where Thomas first noticed it. Leah wears it in his crown of weeds, made up of all the idle weeds that grow in our sustaining corn. The symptoms of the king's madness, Thomas noticed, are similar to the symptoms of Darnell poisoning. He started wondering if Shakespeare had meant to insinuate that Leah had been eating the plants in his crown, and if his madness was, in part, a self-inflicted drunkenness. For all you scholars of English, I bet you didn't know that. If farmers never domesticated Darnell and were wary of it, people still found ways to use it. In classical Greece, it was known as the plant of frenzy, Thomas and his colleagues found, and used in the rites of Demeter and Persephone's followers. It was used in Europe as a medicinal plant and as, as an anesthetic and to slow menstrual bleeding. But most often, it seemed to be baked into dazed bread or brewed into beer to give those basics an extra kick. It's impossible to say how often people use Darnell purpose, purposefully for its mind-altering properties and how often Darnell snuck in, unannounced and unwanted. In his book, Bread of Dreams, the Italian scholar Piero Camporesi argued that European peasantry lived in a state of semi-permanent hallucination from bread adulterated with more malign grains which they may have sought as an escape from daily life. Certainly, people seem to know what Darnell did and how to use it. There are sporadic reports of it being out and out cultivated with the express purpose of energizing beer in particular, says Thomas. We had a correspondent on the Isle of Man tell us that it was quite openly cultivated there for this purpose. 
When Donal was grown for its intoxicating properties, though, it likely would have been somewhat analogous to cannabis today, planted, gathered, and processed under the cover of more acceptable crops, all kept secret. <clears throat> I would love to try it, says Thomas. I have a friend who has a mill, and we have discussed the possibility of trying, trying it and seeing what would happen. But the reality is that would be very difficult and potentially dangerous too. Darnell still manages to hide among crops in North Africa and parts of Asia. One study found it made up almost 10% of wheat harvest in Ethiopia. But modern agricultural techniques have eliminated Darnell from crops in Europe. When Thomas looked recently, he could only find six instances of Darnell growing in the British Isles since 2000. Darnell's days of insinuating its way into European bread and beer, at least, are over. An article written by Sarah Lasker in March, 22, in March 22nd of 2016. The devil comes to rob, kill, and destroy. We know that about him. Just like the Darnell. In large doses, it will kill you. In smaller doses, it robs you of your senses and destroys your ability to function normally. Secondly, which is the good news, weeds don't have to be weeds. In the agricultural world, weeds never transform into wheat. That sort of miraculous metamorphosis is unheard of in horticulture. But in the spiritual world, miracles happen every day. The Bible says that God doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but for everyone to come to repentance. In other words, God longs for every weed to become wheat. Whoever will accept God's invitation, believe and receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God will make a permanent part of his eternal garden. God longs for every weed to become wheat. And that is why he leaves the weeds among the wheat right up till just before harvest time, when he then removes them. We, as the wheat, have the responsibility to share the love of God with those who, sees, who he sees as weeds living among us, those who he longs to see be transformed from sinners to saints. God gives everyone as much time as possible to make a decision to say yes to Jesus and transform them from weeds to wheat. God is patient and desires that none should perish, but all should have the opportunity to come to salvation in Jesus Christ. I once heard someone speaking on this parable who said the difference between the wheat and the weed was that just before harvest time, the wheat bends on its stalk like a person bowing before God, and the weeds remain upright, not willing to bow before and acknowledge their Creator, which is a wonderful illustration of the position that the saint and the sinner take before God. Believers willingly to bow down, but the sinners defiantly, defiantly standing erect, not willing to acknowledge God. Although at the end of times, every knee will bow before God. In the natural world, it is only once the ears appear that it is easy to tell the wheat from the weeds, because there is a distinct difference in the structure of the ears. Also, wheat will appear brown when ripe, whereas Darnell is black. And often, Scripture talks about our sins being black, and we are washed white as snow. So it's interesting, even in this, 
that it turns out that color. Jesus was talking to a crowd that would have understood these differences because they lived with the crops growing all around them. They did not need to be told what the differences were between the wheat and the weeds. They would have seen them with their own eyes, unlike today when most of us wouldn't know the difference between the two plants if we saw them growing. We're not part of the agricultural sector where they do know the differences. I'm sure the farmers who grow wheat know which is wheat and which are weeds. One last thought before I close. The weeds are removed first from among the wheat and thrown into the fiery furnace. The sinners are going to be removed first and thrown into a fiery hell. Then the saints will be left to shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Now this must be a problematic verse for those who believe that there's going to be a rapture where supposedly the saints are going to be taken into heaven and the sinners are going to be left behind on earth. Because we see the exact opposite happening here in the scripture. Which ties up with the description Jesus gives as recorded in Matthew 24 when he's talking about the signs of the end times. Matthew 24 verse 30 and then 36 to 39 says this, At that time the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Noah and his family were saved by the grace of God, and the sinners were destroyed. The sinners, the weeds were removed, and the saints, the wheat, remained. We have a great responsibility to be reaching out and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with the weeds in the world. We are to extend the love and grace of God to all those who do not know him. God hasn't left us here just to wait it out until the time of harvest. We have a job to do. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, Jesus says, He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That's Jesus speaking to all of us. We are all responsible for extending God's kingdom every day, in every way and everywhere. We want to see more weeds becoming wheat and being added to the kingdom of God. Now trust that's how we all feel, that we want to see more weeds becoming wheat and being added to the kingdom of God. Do you know if you are a weed or wheat? If you're not sure and want to make sure, we would love to pray with you. Come to the front so we can pray with you. If you're not sure whether you're wheat or weed, come here and we'll have people pray with you. Okay. Amen. Oh, look at that. Just as we finish. <laughs> well, it's great. It's in time for the discussion questions. So if there's anyone that needs to respond to that, if you're not sure whether you 
are in the kingdom or out of the kingdom. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're not sure of that, come to the front. Don't be shy. Come to the front and we'll have people pray with you and help you to walk that journey, take those steps to come to Jesus. All right. Discussion questions. There they are. Our favorite. What stood out for you in this message? Share with one another on the table. Secondly, what tactics do you see the devil using in the lives of those around you that you love and want to see come in the kingdom of God, see them in the kingdom of God? Thirdly, what can you do to make those people aware of the deceptions that the devil is using in their lives? And then fourthly, pray for those you want to see transformed from weeds to wheat. And do that collectively around the table. Normally we pray for one another, but let's pray for those that we know who are not walking with God and we want to see them walking with God. If you've got family and friends like that, just gather in your table and pray for those. Okay, so those will be up there. We're going to end the live stream now and uh, we'll get on to this. But before we do that, I'm going to pray. So let's just pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you have done in our lives. Those of us who know you, that we're in that field of wheat. And we are the wheat, Lord God. And I thank you for that. Lord, I pray for those who are among us who are weeds. Those that we know, our friends, our family, our colleagues at work. That you look upon them and see them as weeds. Not looking down on them, but just seeing that they've been deceived. And Father, help us to be those that can share your love with them so that they can take that step out of the darkness and into the light of your kingdom, that they can transform supernaturally from weeds to wheat. And that's only possible because of who you are. You are the God of miracles. And Lord, we know the greatest miracle is that day when someone surrenders their life to you and receives you as Lord and Savior. And they say, welcome into my life, Jesus. They confess their sin and they receive you as Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for that. That is the greatest miracle that we can see. Amen. Amen. <laughs>